The Space God Memoirs. Season 2, Episode 32 As the last vestiges of my mind connection faded, I stepped out of the Octa's open door and into the hangar beyond. Feet touching on bone-like floor, I breathed in the air, humid, with a stale fruitiness to it. I noticed my heart began to beat faster. I was finally here, the Eye of the Gods, the hub of the Vare's operations. This was the place of legends, the black fortress I'd looked up to every day I lived on that planet. I was here, and I was the invader. I got a sudden sinking feeling, a hesitation. I had just stolen a fighter craft from the Nyar, my friends, and snuck into the enemy fortress in the middle of a hectic battle. All the take-back plans I was certain they were making into a doomsday device. But I didn't even know how this place was laid out. I wasn't sure where they were keeping said blueprints, or how they would be guarded. I felt like a bit of an idiot. There was another feeling, too. Something nudging me from the back corner of my mind. But I threw aside those feelings. I was here, and I had to do this. I'd figure out the details as I went. I stood facing one of the dark walls of the structure, my fighter craft hidden from view behind some inoperative bio-machine. From behind the broken blob where my ship was parked, I could hear the clatter of soldiers' boots marching across the floor, going into and out of the numerous enemy starships docked in this hangar. Shaking the remaining nervousness from my body, I began following the wall towards the nearest exit. Thankfully, I was not seen, still deep in my stealth mind. I could sense the Atra slowly trickling away as it fed my aura of non-detection. Not true invisibility. Not until I absolutely needed it. For now, I was merely unnoticed. Overlooked. As I left the hangar behind me, several Veyer Fizar passed by, clad in their chitinous red armor. They looked right past me, as if I was one of their own, a slime-mold culture coerced into humanoid form, just like them. I wondered just how well this would fool the awakened Veyer, or their defenses. But for now, it would do. The corridors narrowed as I left the hangar bay, a door opening like an orifice ahead of me, complete with a gross sucking sound. The walls of the hallway, still black and bony, were ringed like I was going down someone's throat. I continued to go further into the structure, figuring they'd be keeping the hyper-shift engine blueprints as deep in this place as they could. I heard the clatter of boots coming down the hall ahead of me. Three warriors, marching towards the hangar I had just come from. I straightened my posture and pushed all my thoughts into stealth mode as I leaned up against a nearby wall. The soldiers walked right past me. I breathed a sigh of relief and continued on my way. But where was I even going? As I continued to walk deeper into the Star Fortress, I passed corridor after corridor, some leading into connecting hallways and others opening up into side rooms. 
Nothing was marked with writing. Scrag, I didn't even know how the Vare communicated. For all I knew, it was by smell. I stopped, hearing a sudden churning noise coming from my side. There stood a person-sized alcove and set in the wall, like a little closet lined in a viscous sack. It was moving. I ducked backward, pressing my body against the nearby wall. Not at all sure what that meant. In seconds, I saw someone emerge from the alcove, and the noises stopped. It was a Fizar. He stepped out like nothing had happened, ignored me, and headed down the hall. Oh, that had to be a transport. Kind of like the conveyor belt system on the Amethyrium. Located periodically throughout that hallway, I spotted more people-sized alcoves. One every few hundred feet or so. Yep. Had to be connected to tubes or something that ran throughout the fortress. I halfway considered just stepping into one and trying to use it myself. But I wasn't at all certain at how to activate it, or sure it would even let me. How did the Vertech even work? Was it mind-activated like ours? Or did I have to be approved for it to function for me? Scrag. This was annoying. I wish I hadn't just rushed forward like a rampaging Dugga in heat and had actually planned this mission better. There was a curious tingling in the back of my head at that thought. Zerathra. I could feel her presence there. Was this just a message? Something implanted? No, I am here, she answered. I am riding along with you just like you did with me. I was able to establish a link when we last connected on the Amethyrium. My body is back there, meditating. I would have simply reached out telepathically, but the Veer are no doubt monitoring those frequencies. I put Z on hold a moment, scanning the hall ahead of me. There was movement. A figure stepped out from around the corner, coming towards me. I reactively ducked into the archway of a side chamber. This wasn't one of the basic troops, but some kind of higher-up. An insectoid being with a gray carapace and yellow markings across it, like decorative tattoos. The Vare marched quickly down the hall, its many eyes darting back and forth. I stepped fully into the side room as it passed, not sure if it'd see through my simple stealth or not. Had to be careful in here. It looked like I had stepped into a break room of some sort. Its walls relatively non-creepy, little panels on them glowing with ever-changing lit-up color displays. In the center of the room, a pedestal grew out of the floor, its top a miniature garden where a bouquet of flowers bloomed. There was a pleasant, floral aroma here. Yup, even these freaks had to relax sometimes, I guessed. Considering that the Vare were on high alert due to the impending attack, nobody was lounging around here. I sat back in one of the room's benches, which looked grown out of the wall. It was soft, mossy, and surprisingly comfortable. Anyway, hi Z. I once more nudged her presence within my psyche. Scrag, I should be used to this brand of craziness by now. Figured you'd come along for the ride, eh? Here to stop me from getting into too much trouble, I guess. I realized your plan, Kef. It was clear that you intended to sneak into the Vare base and steal back the blueprints. So I take it you're not on Savaharthus' side here, and don't want a full-scale battle. I feel that your course of action is the correct one, if rash. In many ways, I wish I could accompany you, but both politics among the Nyar and the details of your mission make that rather difficult. Politics, eh? I guess even the top Nyar don't live up to those virtues of theirs. I don't know. I could feel a wash of dismay from Zarathra, who I can now sense distinctly in my field of awareness. <sighs> the system commanders have been withholding information from me as well. 
I do not know why they would suddenly try to launch an attack against the Vare base of operations when the margins of victory are so small. Furthermore, such overt attacks may constitute treaty violations. Rufus is clearly part of their space, and a full military assault could be deemed an invasion. Well, either Savaharthus and his council are a bunch of dug brain tacticians, or they got something to gain from it all. My guess is the second. Kef, the Nyar are not like that. We try to keep the ethical high ground. We value honesty, honor, and fairness. But you're here with me, sneaking around behind your boss's backs. Whatever morality we all like to talk about, not everyone follows it when it doesn't suit them. Zerothra's psychic chatter subsided, though I could sense something like a mental sigh coming from her, tinged with a slight sadness. But not me, I continued. I'm here doing what I gotta do, morality or no. Now, I just gotta figure out where they got this thing hidden. I stood up and walked gingerly to the doorway, ready to peek my head out. I may help with that, said Zerothra, all hint of her prior malaise gone. You got a floor plan for this place? No, but the satellite is standard Vare World Harvester design, separated into three rings. The first is primarily military and security. The second one in will be where personnel are housed and meetings held. The third is for command and sensitive research, and is built just over the Atra Harvester itself. The Vare will have the blueprints within the command ring, inside the governor's personal lab. Of course, in the very heart of darkness. I kind of figured that. Can we use those tube things to get there? Not yet. You'll have to connect with the Vare's communication system first, before they recognize you. And that is where? I shall alert you as we get closer. Keep going forward and I will guide you. I acknowledged her with a thought and stood up. I made sure to drift back into my stealth mind, keeping my emotions low as I exited the room. Soon I was back to wandering through halls that wound their way about the fortress, like the intestines of some enormous animal. As I walked I passed by numerous Vair, all busy marching towards their various docking bays or prep rooms. Mostly the Fizar, or the bulky crab-like yugs who piloted the Vigle. Occasionally one of the higher-ranking Awake Vair was among them. But just like the Nyar had ignored me on our own battle station, these two seemed to pass me by. Soon enough, I had emerged from the winding hallway into a larger chamber, roughly rectangular and supported by dozens of fleshy pillars and spiral patterns. I stopped at the entrance, noticing what must have been fifty troopers in the area, all congregating around a dais where a tall serpentine being stood, talking to them while gesturing to an image broadcast on a watery screen before them. The room looked like a hub, with numerous exits. There was a nudge from Zerathra, urging me towards an exit in the back right side of the chamber. Feeling the pangs of nervousness, I nevertheless strode inside, sure to keep my head and my thoughts low. I stayed to the edges of the group. Even in stealth mind, I didn't want to be caught in the middle of a crowd, or bump some there and get noticed. A few times I had to push myself against a pillar, just to be safe as I spotted soldiers periodically entering or exiting the room in smaller groups. At last I made it to Z's exit, which led into a narrower hall, where the walls took on an olive green hue and made a slight downward turn. There were less people here, and the air felt heavier, wetter. My monad-enhanced senses could see the tiny particles floating along, little feathery things the size of dust motes, infusing the base's interior. Spores, something fungal. My first impulse was to hold my breath, 
I wondered if it was some kind of defense mechanism, poison, mind control. A spore gently fell upon my arm, a flash in my vision, a surge of faint emotion, tension, alertness, even mild panic. Whispers cascaded through my hearing, distant and indiscernible, in hundreds of separate voices. Behind them a ringing noise, a whistle pervading the background of whatever this mindscape was. This is their communication system, stated Zerathra. Just being in contact with those spores is enough to tap into it, if just a little. Can I use it? You will need to in order to enter the deeper layers of this fortress. And it won't just alert them to my presence? Not if you do it properly. Keep going. You will not be able to access their full network just by touching a spore. Pulling my thoughts away from all that, I concentrated on the hallway ahead of me. My vision throbbed slightly, like the walls were shaking. My head was woozy probably the after-effect of those spores. When I went further in, I could feel a gust coming from ahead, warm and moist, like the fortress was breathing. Periodically, I'd hear background noises from the spores, the whistling, eerie tune of their song echoing in the back of my mind. It was still just a cacophony of distant voices, but growing stronger the further I went in. On an inner nudging from Z, I followed that noise. A bulbous room opened up before me, its floor a bowl-shaped curve. Compared to the rest of the fortress, this room appeared far more alive. The walls and floors covered in red and purple veins, pulsing with fluids. Growing from the middle of the floor was a huge fungal life form, its pale flesh bruised and violet, six connected stalks all ending in umbrella-like caps. It was humid in there, the air filled with those spores. This had to be the place. The communications room. From within me, Zerathra affirmed that fact. I was about to step in but hesitated, my eyes catching the hint of movement. There, the foot of the huge mushroom squatted a being, its mouth ending in a syringe-like proboscis, its eyes a deep and solid blue. A there. Probably the one responsible for maintaining this area. It had one three-fingered hand on the fungus's base, as if massaging it. I carefully reached towards my waist and drew forth the blade held there, in miniature form. One flick of my wrist was enough for it to expand out to knife size. Then I stepped into the room. The mushroom tender hadn't noticed me, as expected. He didn't look armed or dangerous, but I was sure he'd alert the whole base if he saw me. And he was a veyer. They all had combat training, could use the Atra, probably could kick my ass too. So I took another step forward and thrust my blade into his neck. The long-nosed veer twitched a moment and fell forward onto the soft ground below. I felt a surge of guilt, but pushed that thought out of my mind. No time for that. I needed to get into their system and open my way in. But how? I looked around for buttons, dials, maybe a hand panel to activate it. How do I do this, see? I asked. Simple. Eat it. Excuse me? The fungus. In order to connect to the Vare system, you'll need to ingest a portion of it. That's... weird. I mean, I've heard of folks eating mushrooms to get high, but... This is a step beyond that. The Vare unity is philosophically opposed to any technology involving computing or artificial intelligence, believing it removes autonomy from sentient beings. 
The Veyr generally achieve interstellar communications via a mycelium network that extends from the neural level through the etheric dimensions and into the monad itself. Alrighty then. I'm not even going to ask how anyone discovered that or how it all works. Let's just get this over with. I reached out a hand towards a miniature piece of mushroom growing out of the bigger stalk. Much like the aforementioned drug trip, the experience may be intense. Prepare yourself for feelings of vertigo, nausea, and possible psychological alterations. You've done this before, right, see? No, but I have studied the process. Uh, so I guess I'm your alien mushroom tester, then. Just stay centered, and be wary of getting caught up in it. I took the smaller mushroom in hand and gave it a tug, removing it easily from the mother growth. Moments later, I plopped it into my mouth and started to chew. It tasted like most other mushrooms I've had. Earthy with a slight acidity to it, and a light floral sweetness. Not bad, really. I sat down, couching myself on the soft ground nearby. I didn't feel immediately different. Taking another look at the bigger fungus, I wondered if I needed to have a bit more. Just then I began to feel a slight sense of pleasantness. Despite the fact that I was sitting in an enemy fortress with a dead body next to me, everything was just fine. Good, even. While I had compassion for the dead Vare guy on the floor, I knew he'd be back again in a new cloned body. There was no death. Everything was connected. Zerothra's presence was confirmation of that. She was a beautiful, real, living soul that was dwelling within my own. Rayleigh, Burge, their presences felt more real than ever, as if I could reach out and touch them all. The great fungal growth in front of me pulsed with life, with vitality. And it was in me, a part of me now. I was a part of it. The air throbbed, patterns of Atra twisting and churning. From deep in my gut, the heat spread outward, through my limbs and my organs, until it was fully in my head, and my whole awareness was awash in warmth. The voices came like before with the spores, but more distinct. Dozens of them, hundreds of them, thousands and more. So many bundles of thoughts and emotions from so many sources, all clashing and dancing at the edges of my awareness. The voices blended together, echoing and distorted, loud but at the same time indiscernible, all washing together until they formed a single noise. But it was only noise for an instant. Then it transformed into a song, a tone, resonant but interspersed with a quiet laughter. The voice of the fungus. I felt myself laying back on the ground and closing my eyes, my senses overwhelmed by the song, its warmth and tones massaging my skin and my spirit. It throbbed all around me, Patterns of colors and lights, swirling and chaotic, but beautiful. A presence, vast and yet simple. The mushroom I had eaten was only the surface expression of a greater being, connected to a network of mycelium that extended beyond the dirt of its home world and into that etheric realm, connecting the dreams, emotions, and thoughts of all. Thus it spread across the galaxy. It touched on millions of worlds and reached into uncounted minds. The colored lights became tunnels, spreading in endless directions. Tears poured from my physical eyes 
as my mind raced along these conduits, my whole body vibrating rapidly. Then I found myself in that space between things, beyond the fungal network, beyond physicality, at the monad itself. Just like when I had connected at the Nyar Temple. The same place, but a different pathway there. The monad, older than the Nyar and Veyr, predating known civilization. It spread before me with its endless pathways of knowledge, the facilitator of interstellar communication, but so much more. But in that non-space there lurked something else. It appeared before me like an immense face, covered in countless eyes, glowing with every color of the rainbow, and surrounded in a halo of outspread wings like some surreal butterfly. I was awash in its beauty, its benevolence. It was the very consciousness of the Veyr unity, the essence of them. This was freedom. This was expansion, beyond limitation, beyond bodies and identities. I stared headlong into the gaze of infinite eyes, and I felt that I could melt there, become one with it, merge with it, and lose myself forever. There would be no me then, no cuff, no universe, no reality or identity, just this. Keep centered, Kef. Remember who you are. Zarathra. And that was enough. I pulled back from that unholy ecstasy. Back from the Veyr unity in the corridors of the monad. That is enough. You are connected. Her voice spoke in my mind. A familiar presence. A comfort. Still shaking, I opened my eyes, tears covering my cheeks. I sat up. My body still buzzed slightly. And in my head there was still that distant cacophony of voices. Behind it all there was that sense of something huge, lovely and yet terrifying. The Veyr, or whatever it was they communicated through. It was there, but I kept it on my periphery, instead focusing my mind on the sights in front of me. The communications room, the huge mushroom, the nearby exit archway. When I looked towards the mushroom I could feel a connection to it kind of like he was part of me, like my hand. The same with everything else in the room, the walls, the dead veyr. I was linked, online, and now I was ready to descend into the very depths of this place. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Space God Memoirs. Space God is written, performed, and produced by A.M. Arctos. Original musical score by Alpha Colors. Various sound effects created by Industrial Strength Records Incorporated. Please support this podcast by following, rating, and sharing on your favorite social media site. For further info on Space God, its creator, and various other opinions, musings, and thoughts, go to www.spacegodmemoirs.com or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. If you enjoyed the Space God memoirs, please consider supporting us by becoming a patron. Check out the Patreon link in our description to learn more.